0: Andrew close resistance podcast radio And this is your host Jeff Kaufman The most awesome of awesome I uh I decided I was going to use uh, Mark Levin's nickname from now on I am the great one I uh I've chosen that for myself Because it suits who I am And I am the great one But he doesn't have a PhD Or an MBA Or an ASSS Oh I got an ASSS pal Don't worry I, uh, I assume they will never mention me, but I know, I know deep down in my bones, one of those asshats has tuned into me. I know it. It's just a matter of time before one of them admits to the fact that uh, they've listened to me, or at least 30 seconds worth, or I bet it wasn't even 30, Jack. I bet it was like, oh, oh his voice cannot ever be known. We can never, ever acknowledge this man. Because if we do, if we acknowledge this man with this voice of angry angels, he will become our biggest nemesis. And they are right. They are 150% correct because I do have that voice. And you know it. I know it. They can't beat me. They can't. You know why? I'll tell you why. I'll I'll explain it in one word. Well, two, two, maybe three. I don't know. I, uh, I can't count because I don't know what I was going to say when I said that. I am American. America. There. Let's, let's just go into plural somehow. I need an English teacher now. Um, I am America. A good large proportion of America. I am your angry voice. You can utilize me to say what you need. Utilize me I know some of those men out there Who just don't have the balls To speak up You can you can use me I will be your balls You ladies out there Who wish they had A voice that could Shake shutters Vibrate a sliding glass door I am that voice Channel your energy through me and I will produce. I don't know what I'm saying. Ah, I've had a beautiful two days off. Up until about an hour ago, I had to go in and meet the uh, new district manager. Not that I'm complaining. I'm just, I was sitting at home dressed in a pair of shorts and a pair of flip flops and a t shirt. And um, I was like half tempted just to show up like that. But I thought, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe it might be a good idea not to do that. But I was tempted. I was going to be uh, that guy that shows up at the board meeting in a, in a t-shirt and pair of shorts. I wanted to be that guy that shows up for his interview like uh, in The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Great movie. Freaking great movie. He shows up covered in paint. Hey, you know what? It doesn't really... I, I mean, the suit makes the man. But I've said this before. Sometimes your suit's just a hat. You might not understand that, but I mean, what you wear for a hat represents who you are. Not all women and men are going to agree with me, and that's fine. It's my opinion. I'm just going to voice it. If you ever see me wearing a cowboy hat, I probably plan on kicking somebody's ass. You see me wearing a baseball hat, I'm at work. You don't see me with a hat, I'm at a meeting. Sometimes your hat is your suit, and it's true, it's 150% correct. I really hope Metallica doesn't get mad at me for using their uh, music I, I only use a small proportion of it And it's just for the opening part of my, my show I don't necessarily play it all the time in the background I don't mean to I'm, I'm I think I might want to get permission Or I'm just going to have to borrow my friend's electric guitar And I'll have to record some kind of opening sound, music, whatever For every show I do I'm just going to have to do it, I think Because it's just coming down to that or maybe I'll just do an acoustic jam out. I don't know. Maybe I'll just use what Acre has, which really isn't up to par for this show. I highly doubt that they have what I'm looking for when it comes to opening my, my show. I, I need something uh, rough, gruff, and uh, somewhat inappropriate. I'll just be honest with you. I'm going to have to go in this gas station because I haven't been in here in a while, and I used to know people that worked here, and they were always really cool to me. And I'm, I'm going to take you in for a ride. All right, you ready? Let's go. We're going to go into a place I used to go to a lot. It's called Hills Country Store. It's uh, between Hayesville and Murphy, and it's right next to the end of uh, Fires Creek Road, if you know where that is. And it's just one of those little mom-and-pop gas stations. And there used to be these two ladies that worked here, and they always had guns on their hip. And I didn't mind it because it's one of those places that if I was going to rob a gas station, that would be the place I'd rob. I'm just saying, it's the middle of nowhere, there's no cops. By the time cops get here, you're 20 miles up the road. So I'm just going to run in here real quick, and uh, I'm going to take you with me, and let's go. Come on, we'll have fun for a minute. Ready? (sighs) How's it going? cheapest pack of cigarettes you have we have the Eagle 20s for 371 give me one pack of those i think what's uh full flavor 100s four dollars debit uh it credit debit don't matter fine. I ain't rushing you. You guys staying busy? Yeah, pretty busy. You have a great evening, mate. Oh, yeah. Which one, this one? Yeah, this one you received. If you don't want it, just throw it away. No, it's fine. You have a good night. Are right, sir? Good, you. good, good. <clears throat> See how I roll. You'll be seeing me more of me in there since I'm working out this way off and on. I don't know what's going on. I, uh, I, um, I have issues when it comes to certain things that I do as a chef in a culinary profession, I have issues. Um, if I walk into a restaurant or kitchen, wherever it might be in a food outlet, um, I am so focused on the safety concerns of a kitchen, it uh, and you don't understand. It. The food quality could be anything. It could be five star food going out the door. You could have Monica Lewinsky and and Pat Benatar out there eating. That's not. I don't care about that anymore. I used to be. That was my big focus. Was making a name for myself. I want my, you know, I want my name, Chef Jeffrey Allen Coffin to be known all over the world. And I had dream. I had dreams of. of, of Grandeur, and, and they're gone And I, I have a, a lacking vocabulary sometimes I'm stuck talking to someone And I'm, I'm a little nervous Or every time I do this show I, I lose my vocabulary It's not because I don't have one It's just because I don't It doesn't come up like it should I don't regurgitate my vocabulary very well Anyways um, I'm not going to name names I walked into a kitchen and I was kind of like Oh lord There were things going wrong that you could tell have been neglected and I'm glad that I spoke to who I spoke to cuz I wanted these concerns to be addressed I didn't want to hurt anybody I didn't want to bother anybody I didn't want to I didn't want to step on anybody's toes I just I I am who I am they hired a professional chef and I can't help the way I am I stick my nose in everything I can't open a jar of peanut butter without sticking my nose in it I really can't. I can't open a a can of tuna fish without sticking my nose in it. I I pick stuff from the garden that I know is fresh right off the garden. Gotta smell it. It's a force of habit. If you ever meet a chef that's not smelling everything that he he touches, he's not a chef. He's a cook. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even saying that to be mean to cooks. I'm being honest. If you are ever looking for a professional... Chef in the restaurant business Expect him to have his nose in everything He opens, touches Whatever it is Because that's I mean, that's just a qualification That either it comes to you naturally As a chef Or it doesn't You are not a good chef If you're not smelling and tasting everything that you touch Everything's sitting in front of you A high quality executive chef Has his nose in everything Now, I got phone calls coming up to yin-yang. Now, I the last, you have to understand, the last, I'd say go back about two weeks. From that point back about a month, I've been job hunting. And I was on Indeed. I was on whatever. Monster. I don't you know, I remember all the places I had been on. Um, applying and applying and applying and, and uploading resumes and uploading cover letters and emailing who and how and when. Uh, just going apeshit trying to find a job. Completely apeshit Living on, you know, whatever I could pull out of my ass And Now they're flowing in like Like you wouldn't believe But here's the problem for around here A lot of this A lot of these companies Especially high-end restaurants It's seasonal Yeah, I'm gonna get a job And yeah, I'm gonna work till about Oh, I don't know Maybe Christmas Maybe January And then they're closed for what? Three, four months because there's just no business here. The, uh, what they call leaf watchers, they all go home. The snowbirds, they all go home. And what you're left with is just the local community, and nothing against the local community here, but they're not, uh, they're not at all interested in the area. Fine dining. They're not, they're looking for a good meal price on a cheeseburger. I mean, that's, I'm serious. If you can cater to the locals in this area, you'll do really well. But if you're a fine-dining, five-star type restaurant, you're going to hit a brick wall when the season's over. I remember back in the day, it was considered busy on a night if we had like six tables during the off-season. It was busy. I'm not even kidding. If we got 10, 12 tables, we were busy. And you have to understand, it's because when season's over here, It's over. And it'll pick up here and there. You'll get a little two-week rush, I think, in the middle of January. And it just... It's over. But having uh, been hired by this company to do what I'm doing, um, I hope they can understand how I look at my experience and how I have to be able to apply it to the job. That's utterly the most important thing, and it really is. I hope they can I hope they can understand where, you know, the type of guy they hired because I'm not a kitchen, well, I am a kitchen manager. I mean, that's part of your job as an executive chef is to manage your kitchen. But what they hired was I don't know how to describe it. Sort of a Chef Ramsey slash Gordon Brown slash I don't know, name a business tycoon besides Donald Trump. I I I have it all. I'm the complete package. And I and, and it, we're a rarity. And one the lady that's training me, she's a complete package. She knows she knows the ins and out of her kitchen like the back of her hand. She's she's like any executive chef I ever met. If there's one pickle in a jar, they know it's there. If they're five dollars over on budget, they know they're there. Um, it just comes with the experience. It's it's nothing they can teach you in books. I have met um, plenty of externs from from different outlets like the Cordon Bleu, and boy, they're book smart. Boy, they they are full of just energy, and but you put them in a fast paced And most of them never worked in a restaurant before in their life They just woke up one day and said, I want to be a chef Because I used to love cooking with my mother in the kitchen And that's great I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad place to start It's the experience That you can't put a price tag on That no real good um, An exceptional school might have that As a part of their criteria But no one can really prepare them I'm I'm just being honest I have people that I remember an extern once Who was just questioning me all the time Like That's chicken sauté, Okay Yeah I know Well how come you call it uh, Chicken kebabs That's not chicken kebabs it's chicken Oh my god Okay You're right I don't know everything I don't know all the culinary terms you won't last two weeks in his kitchen Oh yeah No, no, no. i I've graduated to the top of the class I'm at the top 1% I know what I, I gave him two weeks He didn't last five days He literally was like I'm done I'm not doing this shit for a living Fuck this No way I'm like why Oh my god man I don't so You don't have a heart attack It's fucking crazy You guys do 700 freaking tickets a night oh, Fuck no I can't do this I, My crotch is rotting My feet hurt My back hurts I'm stressed out. I can't read the tickets. So I don't know how you guys read. I'm sorry. I, I gave you two weeks, dude. I figured you'd make it at least two weeks. I'm being serious. And, it, and that was the last you'd see of him. And it was usually the ones that you didn't think that would make it, make it. It'd be like the ones, oh, dude, he's not going to last. And he's, the, you know, I remember this one big guy. I can't remember his name, but your memory of, of Chef Prudhomme. Just a big, giant, massive man. Heavy, overweight I thought, there's no way this guy's going to make it Paul, I think his name was Paul, I don't remember No way this guy's going to make it No way He lasted longer than everybody else And as far as I know, he went on to do wonderful things I think he's an executive chef for a casino Or something along those lines And I'm going to imagine that we're going back to 2005 And it's 2019 I would imagine that he's got that experience now See he was hungry for that experience That's what set him apart from everybody else in the kitchen That was from the same school He was hungry for the experience If I called him up at 2 o'clock in the morning and said Hey dude can you come in tomorrow I'd be like oh yeah 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 I'll be right there Anybody else would be like dude it's 2 o'clock in the morning Why are you calling me Because I just got off fucking work and remembered I had to call somebody (laughs) And he You know what I mean I I can't explain it I don't know how to quantify quantify, uh, I don't know how to summarize it perfectly but uh, I will tell you, he, he was one of the best out of the bunch. I, you know, teaching people the skills its nothing. I mean, it's nothing. Teaching them to be able to use those skills in the middle of a rush, when you're in the weeds, when the executive chef is staring at you like he wants to kill you, when your sauté chef is going down... When the fryer just over is just overworked and burning, and we have to clean it on the on the fly, when everything's that could go wrong is going wrong, and someone says, "Hey, um, I need some croquets, or what croquet, croquets of whatever," I'm just saying, something comes up that they need you to do. They need you to chiffonade some basil, whatever it might be, in the middle of all that, and you can find. 20 seconds to do it. That kind of experience, doing what I'm doing now, total different realm. I'm not doing that, and, I, and I'm not going to be a cook. I'm going to be a manager. That's that's the plan here. And my culinary skills are definitely coming in handy. But that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a cook. I didn't want to have to work as a cook. It's, I'm beyond that, and. I'm not like I'm better than everybody else That's not what I'm saying it's just I've, I've been beyond that position I don't want to be a cook I don't want to be a chef I want, to do, I want to do great things With my skills And my abilities And my temperament In a position that Will benefit from it And I think what I've found is A place where it might benefit And I think I'm going to use it And I think I'm going to do well with it And I uh I'm kind of in a disposition because you can't use five star cooking skills in these type of settings. But I believe I can bring some of that squeeze some of that through the cheese grater into what I'll be doing. Institutional cooking is, is a no-brainer. I mean it's like cooking for prison. I'm not lying. I'm not it's like cooking for prisoners. You, you make beans, you make rice, you make stuff Nothing fancy Everything has a name, but it's usually whatever it says on the label of the can And I'm aware of that You know, institutional cooking is what it is It's, it's nothing glamorous And it's definitely not something that a five-star chef's going to look at and go Oh, wow, this would be great Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't wait to do this It's not that It's my, my capacity for that It's not over, I just don't want to do it no more I mean it's just I can do that at home for my kids For my wife I like I teach things to people If they need it I'm not interested in doing that anymore What it is for me is I, I, My body's beat You know I'm, I'm I'm 44 years old I've been working since I, I literally Since I was 8 years old I mean I held a first, my first Full time job When I was 11 So I've been working all my life And my body's Starting to show signs of it I got pains in places You know what I mean I don't want those pains. I don't want to feel that anymore. So I'm, I'm looking at it a little differently now. I'm, I'm starting to take a different approach. Not that I want to slow down. Because trust me, I'm not someone that, oh, yeah, Dude, I just want to be lazy. I just, want to, uh, I just want to sit on my ass and not do anything. No. I'm just at that point in my life where I'm like, you know, it would be nice to do something where I'm not killing myself. And that's exactly what I found. And I'm going to stick with it. I want this long term. I want to I want to be that guy that they call up and say Look, uh, this kitchen in Montreal or something uh, We have this one restaurant It's really, you know, this kitchen It's really just not doing well We really need your help You know, my bags are packed, I'm gone Out the door I go, fly And I'm I'm not lazy I'm just saying I want to slow down a little bit I need to make more money And I don't need to be killing myself to do it anymore I've done it enough all my life And I'm, I just need I need to slow down And I need to do better And I need a better life And I need my life to more be focused On what I can do for my kids financially And it's not cutting it around here There's nothing around here I mean Try finding a job around here that not only pays the bills but goes beyond paying the bills is impossible. Unless you have some sort of degree and it's a degree that's needed for something in this area, good luck. Because there's nothing here. It's mostly rural. There's nothing. It's not a big city. There's no metropolis down the road where you can go run around and, and get a good paying job. No. So, what I got right now is like finding a freaking golden nugget in a rocky, muddy bed. Of society, and I'm I am going to hold on to a tooth and nail, and I'm going to do whatever's requested of me, and I'm gonna do a damn good job. Cause I'm not lazy. You wanna talk about lazy though? I could tell you about lazy. I could tell you a story about lazy. I know lazy. I know it. I've seen it, I've smelt it, <laughs> I've been around it, I know what lazy is. I was at the, uh, a gas station down the road from me Just the other day And there was what appeared to be a mother and son Son probably in his early mid-twenties Mother probably in her Late forties, early fifties And She says to the woman uh, Indian woman behind the counter She says my son needs a job And all of a sudden the son's just like oh. You know like oh god And she leaves And he's standing there And The lady comes out from around the counter to talk to him And she's just like Someone else takes over the register, you know And she's just like "Um, I understand you need a job And he's like Yeah She goes, okay Tell me a little bit of your experience He's like, I worked at McDonald's And uh, Pizza Hut She's like, oh, okay Can you run a register? He's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah She goes, well, when would you When would you be interested in coming in to work? He goes, well, here's the thing I, uh I, I, I'm gonna, like, do it like he said I have a dog And, uh, she's bipolar Bipolar bi, bi, pl- Bipolar He's like, let me, let me start over He goes, I have a female dog at home and she's bipolar and uh, needs to be fed and petted, like, once every couple hours. He says, and I can't leave her home alone. It's just not good for her. And, uh, you know, she gets really riled up. It's like, well, I come home, she's she, she'll break through a window, you know. He's like, so unless, you know, are you okay with me, like, going home every couple hours and, like, just checking on her, feeder her real quick, pet her? Might, like, take 20, 30 minutes, and then I'll come right back. Little Indian lady's like looking at him, like, Are you fucking serious? And he's like, Yeah, I, uh. He says, She's bipolar and I have to give her medication and I have to pet her and show her attention and I don't want to leave her home for six, seven, eight hours, you know? And he goes, That wouldn't be good for her. And in the little Indian lady's like, Well, you know, I understand, uh, but I need someone that can come in and work a full day without having to go home every 12 hours. He's like, Yeah, I'm sorry. Can't, I uh, ain't gonna happen. And out the door he goes. No, I know. I can hear the MAGA people out there, the MAGA's going, uh, Oh, dude, he was a liberal. Oh, mate. No. No, no, hold on. So I get to the register, you know, and I'm like, the lady's behind the register, and she's like rolled her eyes, and I rolled my eyes. I'm like, I can't believe. And I said, you know, if it was, uh, if I had to have a job, and uh, I need to pay my bills, like I do, and it was me or the dog... Uh, adios dog I'll find you a new home And put you up for adoption If I couldn't find you an do- I'd take you to the shelter Because I mean I'm not trying To be mean to the guy I, I know he loved his animal I love animals I'm not saying I don't But if you are At that position in life And you are concerned More about your dog And I guarantee you It had nothing to do With his dog I mean I guarantee I can almost guarantee you It had nothing to do With the dog What it was Is that he wanted to go home Every two hours And hit his hookah You know, smoke a little, smoke a little stuff real quick and then come back. I mean, I don't know, I'm I'm guessing. Because you have to be really fucking stoned out of your mind to be able to say that to a prospective employer. And I know, yeah, I don't want to work for an Indian person either, yeah. uh, No, I'm saying, it's the whole point. He could have had a job right there. He could have set it up, I could only work three days a week. But, uh, no, not happening. Not part of the uh, plan, apparently. His plan was just to sit on his ass, and that's what he wanted. I mean, it was just what he was looking for, and he didn't, you know. And I'm sure what the job probably paid nine dollars an hour, eight fifty. I don't know, whatever it was. It was probably more than McDonald's and Burger King. But the point is, he didn't want the job. And I know you're saying, "Oh no, dude, he had to be a liberal. He was one of them soy boys." So I get to the register, I get I get checked out and everything else, and I go out. And he's at the gas pump with his mother. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. All over the back of his truck. I know it was his because it definitely was a 20-year-old something truck. It couldn't have been his mother's. It might have been his dad's. I don't know. But then I started to look, and he had a red hat on. it It was on backwards. Oh, yeah, MAGA hat. So I just want to let all you little maggots out there know that you guys who love to categorize lazy people and all this other junk as liberals. You know, um, I hate to tell you, I've met plenty, plenty, plenty of you Trump supporters who are the biggest crooks in the face of this planet. I'm on welfare, I can't work, I have a disability, but I'll mow my lawn, I'll mow my neighbor's lawn, I will move furniture, I will do this, I will do that, I will go and I will work underneath the table while I'm collecting my unemployment, disability and welfare. And woohoo, we love Donald Trump. And you'll find the most of them right here where I live in the South. They are masters of manipulating the system. They are masters of sitting back and going, I can't work. I've got a bad everything. And I just can't do it. And then go home, hit the hookah, you know, Load their bass boat up on the back of their truck By picking up the fucking trailer And uh, go bass fishing And then come home Mow the yard weed eat, Go over and hang out with Bob And move his freaking 1200 pound tool chest But no, nah, he can't work But he's a Trump supporter You know what I mean he, People don't know shit I, I'm just going to be honest If you support Donald Trump You don't know a fucking thing about this country You make me sick Really. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. You make me completely ill to my freaking bones. Um, if you support that man, but you don't even see the own your own issues with your own party, your own people who support him. I mean, have you ever seen a Trump rally? I mean, these people, I guarantee you a majority are on welfare. I'm just, I, why would I say that? Because it's just, they fit the fucking profile. The difference between a, uh, a Trump supporter and someone who does not support Trump really isn't about party affiliation. It really isn't about your belief. It really isn't about anything. It's about the fact that you love this country and you see the fucking guy for what he is. And it's people like Mark Levin and, and Rush Limballs and, and Sean Hannity and, and Billy Mitchell and all these other freaking fruitcakes who are drilling propaganda into the minds of, of a good Americans Who actually believe the bullshit that they fucking tell you. And the majority of the people who do not support Donald Trump. Might not be Democratic. Or or Republican. Or Independents. What they really are at heart. And it's not being a liberal. And it's not being a homosexual. Or a gay. Or a a bi-gender. Whatever the fuck ever. It's because they love this country. And they see him for what he is. And they oppose it with every ounce of their heart. Because... They can see through who the man actually is. And for you, the diehard Trump supporters who categorize average, everyday Americans into this grouping of lazy, liberal, soybean eating assets, I got news for you. Some of the biggest freaking drain on this economy is your very party the very people who support it because you are the problem and you will always be the problem as long as you do not and will not accept the facts the majority of people on welfare are not blacks and hispanics and people from other countries and immigrants the majority of them of the people on welfare are the same people who root for Donald Trump They want to blame the Hispanics because it takes the blame off of them. Anyways, this is Danger Close USA Resistance Podcast Radio, and this is your host, Jeff Kaufman. Please donate to my show. It really would help me out a little bit. Um, there's plenty of options. Uh, if you've got PayPal, use PayPal. Just send me uh, uh, whatever you got. <laughs> send me whatever's in your billfold that you don't need to RustyIronJohnson at gmail.com, and I will, see, uh, I will make sure a good use comes from it anyways i gotta go my wife made lasagna and i'm super excited because she makes a really good lasagna and i'm really hungry and i'm looking forward to it i have a great wife i have a great family i work hard i'm excited about this new position i have and i appreciate you tuning in and um drop me a line this was danger Close usa resistance podcast radio god bless america